You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Listen to another one. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, it's loose living, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. There's an interesting one. Dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. While God alone is in a place to judge the hearts of men, the outward actions typically reflect the inner state of being. If someone is living in clear immorality and directly opposing God in their lifestyle, it's not out of place to assume that they're far from God. On the other hand, as Pastor Danny will point out in today's message, if you think of the Pharisees, just because someone appears to be righteous on the outside doesn't necessarily reflect a heart that is submitted to God. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John chapter 2 with today's edition of The Living Word. Everyone who has this hope in him of seeing Christ because you're a child of God and he's your Messiah, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Just you got to see this one. There's other patriarchs, Paul talking about how, what the advantages of being uh, an Israelite, and from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is God over all. <laughs> Pretty clear, all right? And the third, third surefire evidence is purity of life. Just listen to a couple of scriptures for a minute. Just listen. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, uh, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Talking about a lifestyle. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Listen to another one. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, it's loose living. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. There's an interesting one. Dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because something changes in life. Now, with this, let me just throw out so we'll understand. I mentioned before, Mormons are are very family-oriented, very... You know, upstanding in a sense. Jehovah's Witnesses, same way. Uh, I mean, they're people that can be respected in that regard. But listen to what Jesus said about the Pharisees. The Pharisees, he said, you clean the outside of the cup. On the outside, you appear to be righteous. You look good from the outside. And we need to understand the truth uh, about the gospel and real Christianity. Purity of life has to be linked to purity of doctrine regarding Jesus Christ, okay? It can't just be, I clean my act up uh, outwardly, all right? And I'm respected in the community. Uh, Let me read you from Martin Lloyd-Jones. And boy, he just, he's with the Lord now, but here's from one of his sermons. Holiness is not something we are called upon to do in order that we may become something. 
It is something we are to do because of what we already are. That we are to discipline ourselves in order that we may become Christian is a denial of the doctrine of justification by faith. I am not to live a good and holy life in order that I may become a Christian. I am to live the holy life because I am a Christian. I am not to live this holy life in order that I may enter heaven. It is because I know I am going to enter heaven that I must live this holy life. Amen. You see, I'm motivated to be faithful to my wife, to be pure, to not be sexually immoral. I'm committed to her and her alone. And my commitment to her is because I love her. And yet it's more than that. I know one day I'll see Jesus Christ. And one of the things he will judge me on in terms of my relationship with him is my relationship with my wife. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here's what Paul said, 2 Corinthians 5. We're confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we're at home in the body or away from it. For we must all, every true believer, must all be, appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. See, I could be unfaithful to my wife and still go to heaven, but I'm going to stand before Jesus Christ one day. So I want to be pure, not only because I love my wife, but because I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to stand before him one day. I want to stay away from the drugs that I used to be addicted to. Not only because I know the end of that road, all right, and what it will do to me physically and what it will do to my family, but I want to stay away from those drugs, not only because I know the end of that road, humanly speaking, but because one day I'm going to stand before Jesus Christ. I want to Oh, my God, help us. I'm committed. I'm committed. And I think I'm going to make it. I'm committed to stay away from pornography. I'm committed to stay away from it. It's destroying. Listen, if, you, if you're into pornography, if you don't confess it to somebody that's mature in the Lord, another believer, you, I don't think you'll ever be free of it. God can do anything. But I, James says, confess your faults to one another. It's destroying lives. It's destroying homes. It's destroying relationships. Man, if, God, if Satan got you with that one, if you're, if you're hooked on that, you've got to confess it to somebody that you mature in the Lord. It can help you be accountable and be free of it. God help us. I don't know why I got off on that one. Maybe somebody in this service especially needed to hear that. But, man, purity of life. 2 Timothy, very quickly. 2 Timothy, and then we'll go to the last point. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I love the practical words in light of purity of life that Paul writes to Timothy here and then inspired by the Holy Spirit passed on to all of us. Verse 20 of 2 Timothy 2, In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he'll be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. And then the next verse he says, Flee the evil desires of youth. And pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. That's very interesting because it's connected to purity of life. Here's what I've realized. Fleeing the evil desires of youth, you have to flee them not only when you're young, numerically, in age, uh, you know, birthday-wise. you got to keep fleeing them even as you get older. 
I, I just throw out some of them. You know, sexual temptation, that's one of the first things God purified in my life. But still today, as an almost 57-year-old happily married man, it's a, it's a battle. It's a battle. I'm winning the battle, but I can't let my guard down. If I let my guard down, I'm gone, okay? I see some of you guys nodding. You're like, I got, I'm with you, man. I know what it's like. Some of you guys are about my age. Uh, but, you know, lust of, the, lust of the eyes is still a challenge today. Uh, youthful lust. You, you take a kid into a store where there's stuff that they want. And what do they say? Can I have? Can I have? Can I have? Listen, that kind of thing will follow you even later in life. But some that God cleaned up pretty much immediately in my life, uh, I found out that some of the things he cleaned up after those things are actually sometimes more difficult. One of the things that hit me right squarely in the spiritual eye about five years into my Christianity was a, a proverb that just came to light. You know how sometimes you'll read one and you just, all of a sudden it just like, I never saw it quite like that. And it hit me. And it's, it was a proverb about conceit and pride. And God showed me my pride. It, it was tough. And I think that was sometimes harder than getting me clean, on the drug, clean from the drugs. He got me clean from the drugs and just like that. Boom. Done. You know, he cleaned up my mouth right away. But man, the pride thing, I didn't even see it. I didn't even know I was, I was, I was a prideful person and I, I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. And then, oh my goodness, just things that, that he continues, continues to deal with in my life. Uh, it's just, I'm so happy though. He, he says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. You know, I'm so happy I've grown in that area. I used to argue about the stupidest things with my wife. I used to get, I mean, we, our first real spat, I think we ever had was because I was so, I was so annoyed that she would leave glasses full of ice on the coasters, you know, and the cork on the coasters would end up, you know, the the water would get in there and they would prematurely, you know, uh, we'd have to go buy more. And she's the one that bought, went and bought the things anyway. But, and finally, you know, I was just keeping it in, keeping it in, keeping it in. And one day, one day I said, why do you leave the glasses on there? Look what it's doing to this thing. It was stupid. Now, you know what? I just, we just go buy new coasters. <laughs> I care more for my wife than I do to stupid coasters. They don't cost that much anyway. Just let her do it. Just go ahead. You know, she leaves. Uh, well, let me tell you all the faults about my wife. <laughs> Let me just air some things here. Let me just vent. When she does use the sink, you know, usually the dishwasher, when she does use the sink, she'll, she'll wash the dishes and then leave the dirty water in there. Just leave it in there. For days. For, well, for hours anyway. The truth. One lesson the book of 1 John teaches is that the journey of faith isn't meant to plateau. In fact, your relationship with Jesus is supposed to grow deeper and deeper, even to your final breath here on earth. Each new day offers you the opportunity to learn something new about your Savior and fall more in love with Him. Today, we'd like to encourage you to take some time to sit down with Jesus and your Bible and ask Him to open your eyes to something that you've never noticed before. Jesus loves to teach and shower His grace on you as you spend time with Him. We're so glad that you took some time today to learn from the living word with us. If you want to hear this teaching again, visit our website, ccfstpete.church. Just click on sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page and we'd love for you to subscribe. 
When you do, you'll be notified by email every time we post a new message. If you have any questions for us about what you heard today, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that's info at ccfstpete.church. We count it as a privilege to lift our valued listeners up to the Lord in prayer. That's all we have time for today in our study of 1 John. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue digging deeper into Scripture right here on The Living Word.